Shabbos Daf Kufman Beis. Today's email comes to us from Stan Fireman. He says that today he lives in Muncie and he got hooked to the Daf by Dr. Ari Mizankis. And he's been doing the Daf mostly on but sometimes off for well over 20 years. But I've never been so addicted and obsessed as I am with Rabbi Eli. Thank you, Stan. The mission says that if you have a basket with a stone in it, it's also to move the basket because this basket becomes a basis, a base to the mukta. If you have fruit in it, then you could move the basket. Why don't you just take the fruit out with a stone and then put the fruit back in? We're dealing with fruit that's very delicate, like strawberries, grapes. At the end of the Gemara, according to some Rishonim, this is the main Pshan in the Gemara, the basket has a hole in it and the stone is a seal to the hole and the, the stone is actually tied into the basket. And that's the only way that you can move the basket. According to other Rishonim, it's two Pshatim in the Gemara. The Mishnah continues and says, what if you have two layers in the basket? One is food that's mukta because it's truma that's tame, no one can eat it, you have to burn it. And the other layer is truma that's tar, that's non mukta. Rav Chiz explains that our mission is talking about where the top layer is the mukta. And that's the only reason why you can move the basket. We're talking about litzar gufa, you want to get to the food, so you have to move the basket. There's a brisa that says the same thing, but the brisa says that the food that you could eat is on top. Because that brisa is referring to litzar gufa, I need to move the basket, it's in my way. So then it doesn't matter where the fruit is. If the fruit is on the top, fruit is on the bottom, at the end of the day, we're not looking at the fruit, we're looking at the basket, where to move it to. The reason why Rav Chizda explained our Mishnah that it's Litzar Gufay, because the following Mishnah is going to have soon, is referring to a pillow that has money on it. And over there the Gemara explains that he wants to put his head on the pillow, he needs the goof of the pillow, not the makim, not the place of the pillow. So too, our case is also Litzar Gufay. Rav says a very interesting halacha. The halacha is that if you take a piece of truma and it falls into a box of chulen, that box becomes asr. Unless the box has 100 times the amount of that fruit. But there's one more halacha. In order for you to eat that fruit, you have to give at least whatever fell in, that amount, to a kain. It doesn't have to be the exact piece that fell in, any piece. But if says you could do that on Shabbos, give a piece to the kain. In other words, you're fixing your food on Shabbos. The question is, it's misakimana, why is that any different than fixing a cheer? You're fixing your fruit. So Gemara says, because it goes according to Rav Shimon Lazar, that says that when it comes to truma, I could be mafresh truma just by looking at the fruit on the right side, and then I go ahead and I eat the fruit from the left side. I, I'm careful not to touch the truma that I separated in my mind. In other words, halachically, the truma is already separated. You just have to go and physically remove it and give it to the kain. So you didn't fix anything on Shabbos, you just gave it to the kain. The Gemara wanted to say, perhaps, it's like a Lazar that says that if one piece of fruit fell into less than a hundred, and then, so that whole box becomes Asr, it becomes Meduma. And then from that box that became Meduma, a piece fell into a second box. The Lezer says that we view it as if we know for a fact that what fell into the second box is exactly the Truma that fell into the first box. And the second box becomes completely Asr, Meduma as well. Where Chacham says it's pro rata. If 1% fell into the first box, so we assume that only 1% fell into the second box. But you see from the Lezer perhaps that we know what fell into the first box. It's already separated, so to speak. And the Lord says, no, that's very different. Over there is Lechumra. We want to be Machra in the second box. But over here, like Lekula, we don't say that we know what fell in. Then the Gemara goes on to say, perhaps, it goes like your Shimon. What if a piece of fruit fell into a box? And then, sometime afterwards, a second piece fell in. According to Rib Shimon, the fruit is mutter. In other words, as the first fruit fell in, it became bottled to the box. When the second fruit fell in, it became in, it became bottled to the box. Gemara said, maybe over here also, perhaps, halachically, it's already separated. Says Gemara, no. The reason is, because as the fruit came in, it became bottled, then it became part of the mutter fruit, and then actually, it helped 
be mevatel the second fruit because then I have even more fruit to be mevatel the second fruit. Says the Mishnah, if you have a stone on top covering a barrel, the stone is mukta, but I need to get to my wine. What do I do? I tilt the non-mukta barrel and the stone falls off. What if that stone is dangerous? It's going to damage other property. I could pick up the entire barrel, move it to somewhere else, and then tilt it off. The same Allah applies to money on a pillow. I want to put my head down on the pillow. I tilt the pillow, the money falls off. But that's only when you forgot the money there before Shabbos, you forgot the stone on the barrel. But if you put it there deliberately, then this trick does not work. If the pillow is dirty with waste or spittle, I could clean it off with a rag, but I'm not allowed to pour water on it because Allah has soaking a garment in water is cleaning it, and that's awesome. When it comes to leather, soft leather, says Rashi, I'm allowed to pour water on it. There's no shriyasa kibusai. The isr by leather is to rub it out. We see from our Mishnah, from the fact that I'm allowed to move the barrel, which is namukta, versus taking the stone off, because when I can deal with the namukta, it's better. Who says this? Allah, Reb Shem When it comes to boyer on Yantif, Beisham I say, they could only do boyer when you remove the food from the psilus. Basil says you can even move the psilus from the food. Comes Rabbi Shimon says, Basil said this halacha only when the psilus is less than the oichel. In other words, it's easier. But when the psilus is more than the oichel, Basil say no, you have to take the oichel out. Meaning, when you have the opportunity to deal with the namukta, deal with namukta. And by us, the barrel is considered like we have a lot of psilus. And, and very little oichel. Therefore, you're dealing with the barrel. Why? Because in order to get to the bottom of the barrel, you'd have to move the stone regardless. Rabbi Shaya says, and we had this in the beginning of the Masechta, you could use the concept of kikar betinoik when it comes to move even a wallet on Shabbos. You have a wallet that's mukta, you put a baby or a loaf of bread or anything that's not mukta on top of the wallet, and then I say, okay, the wallet is a base to the non mukta item, and then I move it. Rabbi Yonan says, you could even, he actually, somebody left a while in the middle of Rishus Rabin. He said, since there's a great loss, you could use a kikr tinoik, Rashi explains, but it was in Rishus Rabin. They walked less than four amas, four amas, or they made a human wall, and Bishas have said, Meruba, you're allowed to do so. Marzitra says, this halacha is only when you forget the wallet, but not when you deliberately left it there. And Ravashi says, this halacha is only when it comes to a mace, when there's a concern of human dignity, then we allow this kikar v'tinag like they allow by David HaMelech. Abai himself put a spoon on top of a bushel of hay and Rava put a knife on top of raw dove meat and Rava said, what's going on here? It's only when you forget, you can't do it and they explained to him, no. A bushel of hay and dove meat is not mukta. You can eat meat that's very soft like dove meat without cooking it. You can move the bushel of hay because you need it for a chair. We're just doing it because people are going to look at us and say that you're allowed to move mukta, so we want to show, we want to make an example. Rava, even though he holds like Rabbi Yehuda, when it comes to Noilad, if you have something that turns into like raw meat or the intestines of an animal on Yantif, which you wouldn't eat on Yantif, but you eat during the week. So according to Rabbi Yehuda, that's considered Noilad. It just turned into animal consumption versus human consumption, and it's mukta. Rava holds that you're allowed to move it and give it to the cat in this case. Why? Because he anticipated that he's going to need to give this intestine to the cat, that it shouldn't smell up his house before Yontif. Have a wonderful day.